Hey there, I'm Scott, and this is Tangents. Well, I think I'm gonna, I have some things I wanna talk about, but the first one, not even on my list, it's so fucking hot out. Like, today it's actually slightly overcast, and in Phoenix, a little bit of clouds, a little bit of cloud cover makes a huge difference. It's the difference between, like, you can go out on a walk, and you just feel like you're dying when you're out there walking. And I don't know if I'm getting more sensitive to this as I get older, or I just didn't care as much when I was younger, but the thing that kills me is like, it, it's not, I can go out, you know, when it's hot out, but I do it and I'm just sweaty as balls. Like I'm just drenched. And you know, I, it's just tedious and annoying. Like, I love walking. It's, uh, yeah, I like hiking, I like that kind of stuff. I go out most of the time at this time of year and it's not even to the worst part of the year. This time of year, it's semi, almost marginally tolerable at night. Kind of, kind of. There's a time coming soon where even at night, you go out and you're just fucking sweating. And you know, it's, it's borderline there anyway now, but pretty soon it's going to just be like that. And I'll tell you, I, when I was younger, I used to go biking, like trail biking, when it was 110 out. Um, now, yeah, it's just, I can't stand it. I, it's getting to me, it's really wearing on me. And I mean, there are a lot of things I like about this area, like the, uh, the winter here is pretty nice, although it's a little chilly for me, but you know, I mean, it's not like miserable cold. It's not like Northwest Indiana where it's just cold and windy and to the point where it's like too cold to snow. It's not like Milwaukee where it's cold and snowing on my birthday at the end of May. Um, that was not super pleasant. But the summers here are just grating on me. Like I, I totally, I'm getting to the point where I almost just wanna go away for the summer. And uh, like even if you go up to Flagstaff where it's cooler, it's still fucking hot up there. Like you have to get pretty far away uh, to avoid this. And all I think about during this time is like, as I look at uh, the sort of projections for future temperate, like global average temperatures under anthropogenic climate change, I look at where we're heading like, and I think about how miserable it is here where we are. And you know, like by 2050, you look at that and you're like, fuck, it's gonna be shitty. It's gonna be shitty in a lot of places. And then it, the thing that's really scary there is you see the projections out to like 2050 or sometimes 2100 and they pretty much, like they're not stopping. They're, they're all ramping up. Yeah. You know, now I'm sure at a certain point people will come to their senses. Um, my, my fear is actually what will happen is that people will go, oh shit, it's too fucking hot. We got to do something. And then they will do some massive like geoengineering and fuck it up. Uh, it, it's it's so easy to imagine people like overshooting there, and then uh, yeah, you end up with an like push ourselves into an ice age or something just unforgivably stupid like that. But as it is now, it's just fucking hot, and you know it's gonna be just fucking hot in the future. And I mean there there are some things like I do think humanity will probably survive at least, you know, you, you imagine 
we survive into like 2050 to 2100. And then probably through technology, we're able to kind of like bridge the gap and get past that. Um, in the in the longer term, we're probably probably okay, yeah. But uh, it's not going to be pleasant, and it's not. It's going to be a very like right now. I'm constantly taken aback um, in the current situation, the current uh, just just between COVID nineteen and the economy and all of this stuff. Some people, millions and millions of people, are out of work, and. They're like running out of emergency benefits, um, don't have any protections really, like the protections against foreclosures and evictions are kind of coming up. So yeah, that'll be really fun. And so these people will be out, you know, fucked over. Like, I mean, they're already kind of fucked over, but they will be massively fucked over. And then you have people who, and I'm, I would say I'm at the low end of the spectrum, but people who are pretty much okay. And they're not necessarily great, but they're pretty much like, it, it's, it's the disparity even between these two levels is quite striking, like uh, pretty much okay. And then you look at the like extreme end and always pick on Bezos there, but so many people, um, so, so many people that are like billionaires and massive multi-billionaires, to them it's like no big deal. Yeah, and th this is always, this is always what bothers me. I, I, it's 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 hard to get away from politics and money and all of this stuff. This will actually connect to what I wanted to talk about anyway. But yeah, I look at like Pelosi. She has a hundred million dollars plus. Where she is, you know, she probably just does not give a fuck. And I mean, don't get me wrong. You kind of nominally, unless you're a complete sociopath like Trump. Uh, you do probably kind of care a little bit marginally, but for her, like her life right now probably is not significantly different than it was a year ago or five years ago or 10 years ago. Um, she's the speaker of the house. She gets to do little you know, performative bullshit and gets a ton of credit for it. Um, if anything, I really do believe she's happier under Trump or at least, you know, like maybe not happier in the sense that she'd admit it, but certainly happier in the sense that, you know, things are easier for her right now in a lot of ways, uh, which is terrible because, you know, and, and I mean, don't get me wrong, okay. There's this whole thing where people are like, oh, well, the Democrats can't do anything because the Republicans will just stop it. The, the House can't impeach Trump again or they can't impeach Barr because Mitch won't let it go through. You know, on one hand, kind of, yeah. On the other hand, I just keep thinking the Republicans investigated Hillary endlessly, endlessly, over and over again. And every fucking time, without fail, exonerated her. The people who were desperate to find anything on her exonerated her. And somehow they've managed to convince people that she is guilty of all sorts of things. The Democrats have someone who actually is guilty of so many things that if you started, if you enumerate the things he's guilty of, it just, it sounds like you're making shit up. And yet somehow, you know, they have to be dragged kicking and screaming to do an impeachment, which is very late. And when they do it, they fuck it up to the point where his approval rating actually went up. Uh, I don't think this was an inevitability at all. I think this is just political malpractice or 
you know, malpractice is the generous interpretation. Less generous interpretation is that it's actually like actively what they're trying to do. And at a certain point, I mean, you get to this principle of charity thing I talk about a lot, which is, you know, it, that level of incompetence when, when you are someone who has had a very long political career like Pelosi, when you see this level of incompetence and inability, is it that she can't do it or that this is active, like she just doesn't want to? I suspect the latter because I do feel like in order to assume that she doesn't have that capacity is to assume that she is incompetent beyond all reason. And I don't have that low of an estimation of her. I think she could do it if she wanted to. She just doesn't want to. And that makes it a million times worse. Because if, if she was just like, can't do it, totally incompetent, totally inept, at least there, you know, you have, you're trying, right? You're trying and you're failing. She, I think, is succeeding at what she's trying to do. And that's fucking horrible. So anyway, moving on slightly from that. The thing I wanted to talk about today is, um, well, it's kind of, kind of a combination of things. I, I, I don't watch TV very much at all anymore, but I do watch YouTube. And I got the YouTube uh, Plus subscription or whatever the fuck they call it now, I don't remember, but a little bit a month, don't have to watch the ads. I'm still convinced that the ads there are, by and large, not there to actually sell shit. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they've conned the people who are paying for the ads. Oh yeah, this is a good way to... I think the ads, more than anything, are designed to push people to go, this is terrible. I'm going to get a YouTube subscription. That is certainly my experience of it. It seems, again, like to, to assume that they're trying and this is what they came up with just makes you think, I mean, they're, they're not, they, they can't be that incompetent. They really just can't. So I think that is maybe the unstated goal. And one of the things that I've, I've captured anyway, I've noticed in watching YouTube videos is they'll suggest stuff. And somehow one of the things they suggested was, uh, I think a vocal coach uh, reacts to disturbs, Disturbed Covering the Sound of Silence. Um, it's a good song, good uh, cover if you've not seen it. But the weird thing about this is I, I watched it and then after I watched it, I got like 15 other recommendations which had either exactly the same title or damn near the same title. And it just started made me think, like I, I'm not sure which one was the original one, I don't, I don't really care. It was kind of interesting to watch. Some of these things have like ridiculous numbers of views, like into the millions of views. Um, some of them are like hundreds of thousands of views. I'm sure there are some minor ones that don't have that many, but yeah, a lot of them had a lot of views. And there's something interesting about it but I think, I, I'm pretty sure this is kind of an SEO type thing, like a search engine optimization, uh, which to be fair, it's a marketing, like kind of like tent polling thing. And I do understand my objective with doing this stuff is more just like a, a personal log. And uh, you know, it's more like exercise, not really trying to build an audience. Uh, but if you are trying to build an audience, one thing you might do is try to touch on current events and uh, which I do kind of inadvertently sometimes, but it's not my objective to try to pull people in with those. But you try to draw on current events. And I, I think a lot of these people saw how popular some of these things are 
And so they just made their own version of the same thing. I have very bad kind of mixed feelings about this. I mean, I understand what you're doing. I understand that you want to build an audience that you want to, yeah, I, I understand also, and I even appreciate it, like people kind of hustling and trying to make money. I think this is a sickness in our society, honestly, just that dumb. It doesn't need to be this way. Like you can make art and not have to sell it. You can study things, you can work on things, you can do stuff that doesn't have any financial reward at all. And we are already as a civilization to the point where that should just be in the possibility, the realm of possibility for pretty much anyone who wants to do it. Um, it's not for most people, although the uber rich can certainly do it. If Bezos wants to futz around and do whatever the fuck he wants, he can, no big deal. Um, if Tim Cook or you know, pretty much anyone who is at that level wants to, they can. But average person, no. Average person, in fact, especially the people who are currently out of work, um, this is a thing that just makes you disgusted. But you see like the Republicans who opened up hundreds of billions of dollars to the paycheck or payroll protection program, mostly sopped up by people who didn't need it, by really wealthy companies. Uh, I mean, it's interesting the definitions that they use here. It's supposed to protect your pay payroll for small businesses. Small business here is defined as like, uh, it, well, first off, if you're a nonprofit, no size limit, which nonprofits a little weird just in general, because it, it implies something to somebody. Uh, if you don't know what it means, it sounds like, oh, well, this is just a, like a public benefit corporation and its whole purpose is that they're not really making any money. You can make shit tons of money. You can be the Susan K. Komen Foundation and rank in insane amounts of money. Nonprofit just means that you're not producing a profit. Uh, you can pay people a lot of money. You can do a lot of stuff with that. Um, you can slurp out a lot of money. Just no profit. Um, I find it a little dirty, actually, the more I, I kind of learn about that. But, yeah, no size limit there. The size limit for small businesses is no location of greater than 500 employees at that location. Now, what does this mean? Well, if you're a, oh, I don't know, a fast food restaurant, a uh, fast food chain, and all of your locations have 20, 50, 100 employees even, and your corporate location has a couple hundred employees or even 499 employees, you qualify for this. And when you think about it, it's like, okay, you, no, this is not right. This is not a fucking small business. I, to me, like a small business is a few people. One person is probably like the extreme, but a few people to maybe 49-ish people. And when I say 49-ish, 50 people, I mean like the whole company has 49 to 50 people. I don't mean that at each location there are 49 to 50 people. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's a reasonable, I, I think there also you're kind of bursting at the seams and really transitioning into not being a small business anymore. Um, so this, this bothers me a lot. But the problem with this pay, you know, they have this, I, I call it, I don't even call it, it is essentially a religious belief that the market is good and that having, like paying people to work is good, which it is, it's good to, it's good to work, it's good to make money. Um, but they won't pay people 
or they put through like ridiculous hoops for people who are getting like $600 a week of unemployment benefits. That very stringent, very tight and very limited funds. Uh, for these businesses, a lot of which are not small businesses by any reasonable or rational definition of small business, for them, eh, just here, free money, free money, free money. You know, uh, it, it fucking disgusts me. Fucking disgusts me. And there's a combination here of like, I, mean, I do understand, you know, they have this, again, it's like a mythology, but you have this freeloader mythology, which is, uh, I guess Reagan kind of started it. I mean, probably, I'm sure people had it into perpetuity in the past and probably the future. But Reagan really pushed on this myth of the, as he called it, welfare queen. And they picked one person as sort of the archetypical example of this. There was actually a, an article, I think it was in the New York Times two or three years ago on this person. But you read about it and you're like, holy shit. This, this was one totally anomalous person who, you know, had, I mean, was basically just a massive criminal fraud and you know not at all typical and this one woman definitely did abuse the system but because they focus so much on the one person who's abusing it all the other people get completely fucked over meanwhile at the high level all of these people are abusing the system and actually the funny thing there is because they gave the free money out to companies the companies that were big and had the infrastructure to really pounce on this shit got it early not the ones that needed it, small businesses, um, especially if they're black owned, interestingly, um, had a lot of trouble getting money or they didn't get any money. But the mass, like the Shake Shacks of the world, um, who in, in fairness, they did give the money back, but at the same time, they never should have fucking gotten it. And the only reason they gave it back was because it was bad PR. It was like, you know, if people didn't say, you know, like, this is fucked up guys, they would have just kept it. They didn't do it out of the kindness of their hearts. They certainly fucking didn't need it. So, you know, you look at this shit and you're just like, ah, just fucking makes you wanna, yeah. And, and the thing that I'm getting to though, also is we have, it, it is this weird mythical construct that we have just about, you know, again, freeloaders. It's like, oh, we have a work ethic. Work ethic sounds good. Freeloading sounds bad. And you know, it's one of these things where if you don't really look into it, it sounds, you, you can kind of understand, well, you don't want somebody abusing public assistance. But then when you really look at the numbers and you look at, these are the number of people that abuse it, which in reality are very small fractions. And then this is the barrier that they've put into place to prevent, uh, air quotes, abuse. And it's horrible. Like, I, the only experience I've ever had, I, I've had times in my life where I could have probably filed bankruptcy. I could have probably gotten, uh, you know, unemployment benefits. I'm kind of an asshole schmuck and I didn't do it. Uh, meanwhile, Trump has filed bank bankruptcy. I don't know how many fucking times, not to harp on the guy, but terrible person. Um, you know, talk about freeloaders, no bigger freeloader. Literally actually like he is the biggest freeloader in terms of tax evasion and all of this too. But never mind that. You know, I've had times where I could have done it. But the only time I've ever gone to, um, I don't even remember what it's called, the, uh, the place basically where you file for these benefits, was my ex-wife had a medical thing. And 
Um, in Arizona, we have something that's actually shockingly pretty good if you're poor. It's called ACCESS, the Arizona Healthcare Cost Containment System. And what it does is kind of give you this program for getting medical coverage. Uh, you know, basically like almost universal healthcare if you're poor. Now, interesting thing about it is it's kind of abused. Like I, in the hospital, they have social workers whose whole job is to get you onto access if you qualify for it, which is good, sounds good. But it's also kind of like a scam because they'll have people come in for a cold into the ER. They'll charge them a thousand bucks because they've done, you know, like, oh no, they came in, a, in an ambulance, which is stupidly expensive here. They did this, they did that. And, you know, stupid amount of money. And for something that normally in a functioning healthcare system, you'd either go to your primary care physician and it costs fuck all, or you would just stay at home and it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, so that's one, you know, it's good that it, that it exists kind of here though. But then access, like most of this public assistance stuff, because you have this myth of freeloaders, they have a limit. It's a hard cliff. So if you make no money, you get access. You get actually pretty good, you know, pretty good health co coverage. And then as you make more money, you can still have it. And then there's a point, which is very low. I don't remember the number, but it's shockingly low. Less than what a grad student makes. Uh, you lose it. Now, my ex-wife was in a weird place where she was like below the threshold for the general program, but they had a special program for gynecology. Um, and this one required a lower threshold, which meant she was, she made literally like hundreds of dollars um, a year too much for it. And so she couldn't get it. And then you have basically no coverage. And we had, um, we had health insurance through the university, but kind of shitty insurance. So she was kind of, and what she needed was out of scope of this stuff. And it was, long story, don't want to go into the details. But the, the main point is basically had to pay out of pocket for something that if she would have made a thousand less a year, could have gotten for free. If we had a healthcare system that was functional, should have been free. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's crazy how fucked up this stuff is. And almost all of this stuff comes down to stuff like that, where it's just, you have this myth of freeloaders and the freeloaders never, is it the Jeff Bezos whose company makes stupendous amounts of money and pays basically no taxes or even has negative taxes, you know, an effective negative tax rate because they're getting a lot of, you know, essentially like free stuff from the government. Uh, fucking fucked up. He's not a freeloader, but the person who makes fuck all, you know, barely, barely a livable wage, if even a livable wage, that person who, you know, somehow is getting like uh, $600 a week, that person's a freeloader. And especially also like, and this is a fucked up thing, the person who's getting $600 a week and is making more money than they were making while they were employed. The thing we focus on there is, oh, they're making more money on public assistance than they were in the job. So they're getting too much public assistance. We don't realize, well, actually the problem is, I hate to use the well actually thing, but still, the fucking problem is they were not making nearly enough money from their job. And I mean, I, I don't know, I, I am very strongly, I have pretty strong feelings about this. 
I have been in a point in my companies where, you know, paying somebody a little bit was not in the cards. It was not something we could do. I worked for free for a long time. I'm free being, you know, like essentially equity in the company just to keep it going. Um, I don't think you should ask people to do that unless they are a co-founder and unless they have like a big stake in the company and they're motivated either intrinsically, but even, even then they should own part of the company and they should, you know, if the thing works, probably get some rewards for it. Uh, but instead of this, yeah, there, so there's that stage of your company where you just can't pay people. But once you have some money coming in, it's shocking actually, I mean, this is something like when we first started hiring people, you, know, you could look at the, uh, you know, are you going to pay them $12 an hour or are you going to pay them $15 an hour? Well, when you look at the delta in cost there, it's actually not that much. $3 an hour, well, $3 an hour, say you work 40 hours a week, right? So that's $120 a week. Not that much money, not much at all. Um, and especially like you're already paying them. In terms of percentages, fuck all. I'm not saying it's nothing, but it's not that much. If you have a business that's functioning, you can do it. You could pay them more probably, uh, especially if they're adding value that is commiserate to that. And so you, know, you look at this and you're like, well, okay, I can't pay them $15 an hour. I'm just going to pay them $12 an hour. To you, not that much difference. To the person that's making that little money, an extra $120 a week, you know, well, before taxes and all that, but extra little bit a week makes a huge fucking difference. When you're making a shit ton of money, yeah, if Jeff, if Bezos makes 10 billion more or less in a year, makes literally no difference to him. I don't even think he could notice it, um, honestly. Like other than just, you know, oh, this is my net worth score. You know, that's how much I've got. But when you're making like tens of thousands, like low tens of thousands of dollars a year, an extra $10,000 a year, yeah, it's like fucking Christmas. And, and the thing is, you're making so much more money and you're still not making that much money. You know, you're still making fuck all, but it makes a big difference. And there's this thing where you have like a certain set, and I've talked about this a lot, but it's, it's kind of, I mean, it almost gets to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You have all of the basic fundamental needs um, just to survive. The cost of those is not that different. Like I don't, it, Bezos could spend a lot more money on meals and he can do things that are a lot, he can have a much nicer house. But even then, even at the like crazy extreme, spending more than like hundreds of thousands of dollars, let alone even maybe, maybe, maybe be generous, millions of dollars a year, maybe you can eat that much. Probably not though. So really, realistically, probably you could live very comfortably, no matter how much money you make, on this tiny, tiny little bit. And not only that, you can go up the ladder and get, you know, all of the material needs and all of the sort of other higher level needs where money makes a difference. And I mean, obviously money doesn't, this is a thing that's fucked up about this whole thing. Money should not be the deciding factor here. Like if you want to build, um, if you want to build a space fleet, like literally a fleet of rockets, okay, that is a material amount of money matters. If you want to build a company that's making expensive technology, that's a material amount of money. It matters. But if you're somebody who just wants to sit at home and play video games or 
or study or do research or, you know, I mean, just kind of like hang out, do whatever the fuck you want to do. Maybe probably something that is going to have like a long-term value to society. The difference there is not a material amount of money. That stuff that fills in your kind of Maslow's needs all the way up to the top should not be something that is prohibitively expensive for anyone. And to such an extent that I don't even think, I think those things should just be universally covered. And, you know, now it's different. I mean, I'm not saying, okay, everyone gets to eat, gets to eat something that not only is, you know, I'm not, you're not giving everybody soylent, right? You're giving people like the ability to go out to eat regularly, um, to eat decent food, to buy fruits and vegetables, to buy stuff that's, you know, not to be just like sitting there scrounging and suffering, not to be going to, um, again, I can't even remember what the place is called, but a DHS, that was the place that we went. You go in there and it is depressing as hell. Like there are, and there are people in there going in and they're basically like, they have to go through this horrible process. They're getting flogged for stuff that honestly just should be easy. Um, should be, should not be the way that it is and doesn't need to be. So they go in through this process. It's horrible. It's bureaucratic. It's just terrible. It doesn't need to be again. They go through that. And even then we're like, Oh, you're, you're a freeloader. You know, you gotta, we're going to get you off as soon as possible. Meanwhile, Bezos wants to not pay, you know, not pay his employees an extra couple bucks an hour. He wants to not give them all the benefits they could, uh, you know, would really ideally have. Wants to overwork them, uh, wants to have them on shitty conditions. And again, like the difference between them being really comfortable and doing really well in those jobs and not makes literal, literally fucking no difference to him. Now, on his, again, on his net worth scorecard, maybe some number different, number difference, but it's such a small number compared to what he has. It's not like Blue Origin is going to implode because, you know, Whole Foods is paying people decently and they have the benefits that they haven't cut and all of this kind of stuff. It's just, it, you know, it, it just fucking disgusts me. And it's an interesting, I don't know, it, it's something that um, just bugs the shit out of me. So anyway, and then this gets back to this thing, like, um, you know, everybody's kind of hustling, you gotta make money. Um, I don't think everybody, I mean, it's good to be entrepreneurial. It's not bad to figure out like, oh, I can make something that helps people or that is valuable to somebody and then they will pay me for it. That's nice, that's great. But it doesn't, it shouldn't be the end all be all of human existence. You should be able to exist without having to pursue money in that way. Now, if you want to, you know, okay, maybe that's your like basic, I wouldn't even call it subsistence because subsistence is, you know, you're grinding by. Your basic kind of comfortable enough life, you can get that, everybody gets that, should be just a standard fucking thing. Now, if you want to have a private jet, okay, maybe you have to make something and you have to, you know, or if you're just intrinsically motivated and you're like, oh, I have this idea and you know, it's going to be really useful for people and then you could sell it. Or if you are somebody, you're a researcher and you develop a drug, yeah, you can make that drug, you can sell it, but you're not like, you know, you sell it for a fair amount. 
that covers your costs and that gives you a nice living. But you're not like extorting people. You're not taking people who are going to die without this thing that you have or suffer horribly, um, you know, lose limbs, lose their vision. You know, you're charging a fair price. You're making a fair, different, uh, a fair amount of money. If you want to, that's an option for you. But it doesn't need to be the thing that everybody's doing. And it's just like you can feel... I mean, it's not as bad, obviously, as like you go to a, a poor country and you have all these people coming up to you like trying to sell you stuff because they're like literally just, uh, you know, fish starving for anything. Yeah, it doesn't need to be that either. But there's a level above that where like we don't need to be like trying to figure out how to sell everything. Everything doesn't have to be like just this horrible, I need to make the most, I need to make money, I need to make the most money. It's, it's so dumb, so dumb, so unnecessary. And it's really, in terms of society, very counterproductive in the long run. It, um, it's an interesting thing. I mean, this is a broken thing about objectivism. I've talked about this many times, but this idea that personal, like optimizing for personal self-interest somehow yeah, it, it does bad things. It doesn't give you the best good. And that's easily demonstrable. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. It, it, religion just in general bugs me when people have these ideas that are, um, you know, like, oh, we got to lower taxes. We got to, taxes are terrible. We got to take the taxes down. And then places do it. And we, we've got to get government to the point where you can strangle it in the bathtub. That's, you know, it's, it's so important. And then places do this shit. And then you see the government is basically, it's not just that the government sucks, but the places suck. You don't want to live there. The economy is shit. Um, if you do fall through the cracks there, you're fucked. And this happens time and again. And yet people see this stuff and somehow, because, and again, it's, it's religion, um, not necessarily like a specific like denomination of religion, but it is a religious belief that Oh, this is just the best way to do it. We got to get government small. Yeah. The, the idea that the free market is magical and is the best way to do stuff. Personal self-interest is somehow the best thing to do. Always, under any circumstance. It's religious. It's a religious belief. And people do this shit and they see that it doesn't work. They see that it's fucked up. And somehow they're like, they don't go, oh, maybe this doesn't work. Instead, the same fucking people are like, oh, well, you know, it would totally, Iowa would totally have worked if we didn't have those damn liberals out there, like, pushing us in the other direction and not letting us go, like, completely laissez-faire and remove all regulate. You know, I mean, the, the justification that people come up for, come up with for these things is just fucking insane. It's just fucking insane. So anyway, it, it annoys me, getting back to the YouTube thing, just... You see this thing, and I'm sure there's something out there that was like really great and you know was interesting to see, but you also have all these people that are kind of like latching on. They don't need to be. They could have their own little channel and um, you know, maybe make money or maybe not. But imagine, I mean, imagine the world we would live in if, if you want to work really hard, you can, but if you don't, you can, I, I mean, the thing, Part of the lie about, you know, the whole freeloader thing is that people fundamentally do 
I, and I really believe this to be true, and I think it's, I think there's a lot of evidence for it. Fundamentally, people want to feel like they're doing something important that matters. That, you know, and, and I think this is part of the problem, actually, with a lot of the jobs that people have today. The job they know doesn't matter. And it's not just like if you work at Walmart, you know, you, you know, not only does your job not matter, not only are you getting somebody you know, like the Waltons stupidly rich, uh, not only this, not only that. They know, you know, I mean, if you're a lawyer, for the most part, you kind of know, eh, most of the stuff that you're doing probably doesn't matter. And yet you're doing it because, you know, I got to be partner someday because I got to make a lot of money and I got to get this, you know, I've got to check out my area, like fill out my scorecard and get all these things. Um, and partly these are, I don't know, it's just, it's just crazy. I, I, I'm annoyed by it in general. Um, closely, closely related to this is I just moved a couple of accounts. I'm trying, I, I have a bunch of domains still registered with GoDaddy. I'm embarrassed by it. I don't like it. Don't like the company, but long ago, somehow got some stuff there. And then it's one of these things where once you have some there, uh, it's really easy to start adding more there. You start doing it. And uh, the thing that's really pushed me away from them now, unfortunately, is not like, a, it's not just that I don't like the company and I don't want to support them. It's mostly that they're getting, like they just keep ratcheting up the registration prices and they're getting absurd. Uh, but also like, you know, it's like if they were normal, then I could kind of justify staying out of laziness. Um, it's not really justified, it'd be wrong, but you could, you could see why somebody would do it. But because it's like absurd and the company's terrible, it's like, okay, finally getting the fuck out of here. And in the process of doing this, you can really feel, and this is something that drives me nuts, and it again goes to optimizing everything to maximize profit, maximize, you know, you gotta, gotta make as much money as possible. All of these things, if, like if you go to GoDaddy and you go through their, their website, just finding a specific page that has the, the dashboard that you need or the tool that you need is really fucking hard. It's, and I'm not saying it's like, oh, you're never gonna do it, but it's a lot of clicks and you'll find stuff that looks very similar, but is not the right page, like the domain list. They've got like three places where you can find different domains and you actually wanna get to only one of those three. And you can feel like this is not, again, this goes back to like the Pelosi thing. It's not incompetence. It's not that they couldn't do this. It's not that it's just some kind of like mishmash of like, well, they've got three tools that are kind of partially built. I am quite confident that what this is, is the result of A-B testing. So A-B testing for, if you don't know, for web development, uh, UI and this kind of stuff. It's basically you have two versions of something and you randomly serve people A or B and you'd get statistics on them and you're like, oh, well, with A, we got slightly more clicks or with B, we got, you know, people couldn't, people didn't cancel at, you know, like 5% fewer people canceled if they went through B than if they went through A. And you keep doing this and you keep iterating and eventually you have the system, especially if you're optimizing for things like, oh, we don't want people to cancel. Oh, we want people to buy more. We want people to do something that's gonna give us more money. Um, all that stuff you optimize for it and then you end up with a terrible user experience that out you know i mean it's like okay well you can't you can't cancel easily because you're kind of stuck in this web 
um, transferring domains out of, they've made it, in their defense, much easier now than it was when I first did it, because um, I, I did three this morning, but still not great. And it's also, I mean, it's, it's the thing that really gets me now isn't the process of transferring, it's just, if you don't know exactly the right place to go, um, then you'll get lost in this maze. And if you were kind of like on the fence, I'm sure you kind of, eh, not even gonna bother now. I'm sure that's the whole point of this. I'm sure that's the reason it's like that. So you see that at so many things. I mean, it just comes across a lot of stuff on the web you can feel has had this done to it. And just like you know, drug companies, it's not good enough that they make a good product that saves lives and they make some profit on it. They have to make all the fucking money. They have to, you know, like, it. it's this sickness, it's disease, and it is, I mean, it is a pandemic, and it is actually just strangling, um, I was gonna say strangling the planet. It's The planet will be fine, Ed, George Carlin. The people are fucked, you know. It's, it's strangling us. This disease is making things shittier for us, and, I even, when I say for us, certainly I mean obviously all the people who need that $600 a week. I mean, or, or more really would be. I mean that for all the people who need better healthcare, who need insulin. I keep going back to insulin, but it's a really good example of how fucked up things are. Um, for all the people that need you know, some kind of medical procedure or whatever that's not covered by their insurance. For all the people who have a job that puts them in harm's way during a pandemic um, because, and they have to do it because they're like they're not qualified to do something like what I do where I can do it from home kind of at my leisure. Um, they have to go in and they have to, you know, like they don't have a path out of there even. And those people are fucked for sure. They're getting strangled by the system. But I would even go so far as to say like in the short term, you know, Bezos, and uh, Fuckerberg and all these people, they feel like they're winning, but they're fucking themselves over too. I mean, that's the thing. Um, it's, it's really just so, it, it's the problem with like, you're so short-sighted and you're just so focused on what is immediately in front of you that you're like, oh, I need this, I need this, I need that. And they're not thinking, well, what is this doing? Like ultimately, what is the, like the Koch brothers, the harm that the Koch brothers have done is so great just like undermining our schools, pouring acid on the foundations of our democracy. And the stuff that they've done, like, okay, they're winning now, kind of, kind of, unfortunately. But when you look at what that's leading to, um, they and their descendants will suffer for it. You know, it's not like you can just magically go out to um, the South Island of New Zealand and have your bunker there and be okay, or you know, buy your space uh, platform. Your, your personal O'Neill cylinder. Uh, we've hollowed out an asteroid for you. And you know, like it's a billion dollars, but you've got your own state of Maine just in, in your, you know, it's not like you could do, I mean, someday you could probably do that, but for the most part, you know, not the best solution, but they are going to suffer as much as other people eventually. And you know, it's gonna be longer, but it will hit them too. And so you just think about it and it's like, I don't know, it bugs the shit out of me. Bugs the shit out of me. And also, I mean, part of it, even if you don't have self-interest, and it just kind of a nod to Gil, but 
even if you take out the self-interest, like imagine it doesn't bother you. Like Bezos can just go on. He, he will be fine. His descendants, if he has any, will be fine. The idea that, okay, I'm, I'm to I've got all this shit that I'm hoarding and, you know, fundamentally doesn't, you know, again, having a hundred billion dollars versus having a trillion dollars, practically speaking, I don't think makes any difference for a person. Yeah, there's, there's certainly an argument that, you know, having like one billion versus 10 billion, that's a material difference. And, and you could, like, if you have one billion dollars making your own private space force, space company, is probably your space program probably something that, you know, you could maybe do it, but it'd be a real stretch. If you have a hundred billion dollars, there's not much that you can't do that a trillion dollars would let you do. Yeah. It's just, there's a certain point where it's like, okay, you're hoarding and it doesn't, so, I mean, this is the same thing that drives me nuts on like, just driving. Like, you know, if you're doing something that costs, it literally, costs me nothing to see, okay, there's no turn lane up here and I'm in the right lane right now, but the person behind me, either they have their indicator on or they don't, but maybe they want to turn. It costs me nothing to go over one lane and let them turn if they want to while the light is red. If I do that though, it, it's not like it's night or day. I mean, it, for, for Bezos, it is night or day for a lot of people. But for, for this kind of thing, it's like, it's a marginal thing, but you make somebody else's life a little bit better or you make it a little bit worse by being in that lane and they're just annoyed, just a tiny bit. And you know, I mean, you think about it, your life is largely comprised of all these tiny bits of things. Uh, and, and certainly like the big ones that matter because billionaires are hoarding so much. You know, it, it's just, it, it doesn't need to be, I, I can't, I keep coming back to this, but it does not need to be this way. And it's stupid and it doesn't help, literally doesn't help Bezos, like, you know, it's, I do think it's probably in his self-interest to do the right things, but even if it wasn't, the difference between him paying people well and not is not the difference between him being poor and being a massive multi-billionaire. It's the difference between him having stupendous amounts of money and slightly less money. And it just like, it's, it's, it's really disgusting and fucked up. That, that people are this greedy. I mean, it's just, anyway, I think that's, uh, I think that's probably a good place to, to break. Uh, kind of gets to the large bullet points of what I wanted to talk about today. Um, it is stupidly hot out, again, just touching on that again. Um, I don't know, I, I, what do I wanna do personally there? Do I wanna move, do I wanna not? Um, it's a discussion for another time, but, yeah, it is, it is getting to me. And I'll tell you what else is getting to me. This will be the last thing that I talk about, but my fucking Apple computer, which again, hopefully didn't crash here. It does that. But that thing is so goddamn loud. My Mac, my 16 inch MacBook Pro, do not get this computer. Avoid that thing like the fucking plague. It's so loud and so annoying. And again, I have a decibel meter because I'm a weird guy. I have a decibel meter. It's not like to the threshold of hearing damage, I don't think, unless it's just the distribution of frequencies is not you know, working right there. But I think it's okay. I think it's not like a health hazard, but it hurts. Like it causes me physical pain and anxiety. It's just like I have this grinding in my teeth 
and my neck and I'm like, ah, I'm just irritated and irritable and I feel it and it's this accumulative effect. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I'm so fucking annoyed with it. Um, which again, Apple, I fucking know, they're not a stupid company, they're not a poor company. They knew, I'm certain, that this was a problem when they started shipping these things. The right thing to do would have been just to wait a year until they have the Apple Silicon and, uh, you know, hey, here's a computer that doesn't suck, isn't noisy. Uh, but instead, they sold this thing um, to people like me and uh, made more money. And because I'm a schmuck, I'm still going to buy the Apple Silicon when it comes out. Um, yeah, which it's annoying. It's one of the things that kills me about all this capitalism bullshit because you have this idea that, oh, we have a free market and the market drives things to be better. And they're like, we're going to get better products that are cheaper. It's like, well, yeah, there's not, there's not a better company. I don't have like, it's not like I go Apple or I go to Pear and they're both kind of neck and neck, but the Pear machine is better. It's just like you got Apple, which is actually pretty good about a lot of things, but they have some things that suck, increasing number. And then you have the competition who also suck. There's just no, there's no good option. It's like the cable company. I don't have an internet option that doesn't suck. And this idea that, oh, you have a free market, uh, not really. Yeah, the free market, again, get, getting back to this religion thing. In principle, if you have like a, a thousand people selling basically the same product, um, in principle, maybe that drives the cost down and all of this stuff. Although all that ends up doing, I think, in practice is cheapening the product. It gets cost optimized. So it, the, the product that you get is not as good as it was before. And it also drives the margins to zero because you have all this competition and gets you know, like, I got to make more money than I got to sell this and you can't sell yours. So I got to lower my price below yours. And they keep fighting down to the point where the, razor, the margins are razor thin. And then you end up with nobody's making money except for, again, Jeff Bezos. Um, Amazon makes money, but the margins and they, they push all of their the people selling products there so that their margins are fucking you know, nil. And at the same time, you know, like Amazon doesn't care if the margins are small because their volume is huge. But if you're some independent company and you're making something, you're selling it on Amazon and they're not going to get, you know, like they're making you have a thinner margin than you would if you were selling it on your own site. It's not helping you. And you have competition there now because people are cloning it and you're, you know, it's just, it's just this race to the bottom. That really seems to characterize our current system. It's just a race to the bottom. Everything gets shittier. Things may get cheaper, but they get shittier. And they don't, you know, there's no real pressure to improve a lot of things. So with that, um, I think that's a good place to end. So thank you again. And as always, Zaijian.